The Great Denunciation The trouble between Jesus and the Jewish authorities had reached boiling point. It was as if the temple itself were split into a battlefield. With the chief priests and scribes mustering their forces on one side while Jesus roused his loyal troops on the other. The scribes and Pharisees follow in the footsteps of Moses. Jesus preached in a loud, clear voice. So do as they say. He paused for a second to make sure he had everyone's full attention. However, make sure you don't do as they do for they are hypocrites. The hundreds of listeners gasp as if with one voice. Jesus' eyes sparkled with anger. His hair bristled with outrage. Everything they do is for show, he roared. They recite long, elaborate prayers many times a day but they stand in full view of everyone to do it, to make sure that they are seen and admired by all. They wear long, fancy robes to make sure that everyone notices them. They make sure they sit up front at feasts and at the synagogue so that everyone knows that they are there. They tell you to address them as rabbi so they can feel that they're superior to you all. Both murmurs of agreement and gasps of shock came from the crowd. Well, Jesus went on, I tell you to call no one rabbi. You have one master who is the Christ. You have one teacher. You have one father, our father in heaven. And you are all brothers and sisters. I can assure you that whoever sets themselves up as superior to others will one day find themselves the lowest of the low. Whoever does their best to serve others will one day find themselves honored with greatness. Jesus shook his head sadly. Yes, I feel sorry for the scribes and Pharisees, he cried, for they will never see heaven themselves. Worst of all, These blind fools are leading you, the general public, astray. So they're shutting the gates of the kingdom, not just against themselves, but against others too. The crowd erupted into a clamor of outrage. Let me give you an example, Jesus said. They tell you that an oath on the temple is meaningless, but an oath on the sacred temple gold is binding. This is ridiculous, for which is greater, the gold or the temple which made the gold sacred? Similarly, they tell you that to swear by the altar means nothing, yet to swear by a holy altar sacrifice is to make a solemn vow. Nonsense again, for which is greater, the sacrifice itself or the altar which makes the sacrifice holy. The listening men and women looked at each other. It was hard to argue with that type of logic. Jesus continued, 
So I tell you that anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by him whose house it is. Ripples of applause broke out among the stunned crowd. The temple was full and everyone was listening intently on Jesus' words. Furthermore, Jesus went on. The scribes and Pharisees tell you that the hundreds of tiny rules they follow are vitally important. By doing so, they put a heavy burden on the shoulders of anyone who wants to follow God. Moreover, their preoccupation with minor matters causes them to neglect the weightier matters of the law, such as justice and mercy and faith. I tell you that the scribes and Pharisees are like whitewashed tombs which from the outside appear beautiful, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones. They are the sons of those men who through history were so blinded by their own self-righteousness that they refused to listen to the prophets. Even today, they're persecuting, driving out, and killing the very people sent by God to help and warn them. Oh, Jerusalem, how many times have I tried to show you the way to salvation, yet your house is tumbling into ruins. You will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus looked around at the hundreds of faces in the crowd. Angry discussions were breaking out between those who agreed with his criticism of the elders and those who thought he had gone too far. Jesus seen that many of the men and women hadn't really guessed what he meant. His eyes fell on a tiny, bent-over old woman, hobbling to the temple collection box on crooked legs. Younger, richer people were sweeping past her, nearly knocking her over. One by one, they dropped in their handful of silver or gold with a smile of self-satisfaction and stalked away head held high. Eventually, the poor widow reached the collection box for her turn. She shoved a shaky hand into her tattered pocket and brought out two coppers, the only money she had left in all the world. She dropped the coins into the box without a moment's hesitation and stood for a while, saying a silent prayer before hobbling away. Jesus smiled and pointed to the poor and feeble woman out to everyone in the crowd that had gathered around him. That widow has done more good than all the scribes and Pharisees put together. He told the hushed throng that they donate only as much as they reckon they can afford, making sure they still have riches left over. This woman has very little, yet she has given it all for the love of God. About the story Many people think that pleasing God is a matter of keeping certain rules. That is quite natural. Rules give us a structure for daily life. Jesus never said we should ignore God's rules. He encouraged people to keep them. The rules the Pharisees kept had been made up by them. They were customs. The main rules that God and Jesus want us to keep are to love God from our hearts and to love others as we do ourselves.